G'day and welcome, faithful listeners, to episode, I believe we're up to 95? 95, yes. The centenary year of the AFL, Carlton win 20 games. Carlton! Things have certainly changed in the 21 years since then. Have they won 20 games in the last 20 years? Yeah. Oh, there was a good one, I think it was last year, where they showed, um, it was Josh Kennedy, Jeff Garlett. Yeah. Um, Mitch Robinson, yeah. There, I think yeah. it was only five of them. And Jared Wade was the other one, yeah. yeah. Outscored the entire Carlton football club. Well, Eddie year. Betts would have been Oh, in yeah, Eddie, too. yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah. but so we're back after a long hiatus. And yeah. to commemorate this occasion, GJ's got a terrible <laughs> cough, which <laughs> right on cue brings it up. <laughs> I'm feeling it's a bit my, like uh, uh, Shane Watson in a test match right now, mate. I was stuck in the 90s. <laughs> it's a bit of my, um, it seems to be an annual occurrence. Yeah, it's too. A, every August, mate. What's going yeah. on? And, uh, August TV. <laughs> we have a we have a grizzling corgi at our feet as well. So, yeah. yes, if you hear the whining, that's not GJ. The coughing's GJ. The whining's Billy. <laughs> yeah, if it sounds like a dog barking, that's me coughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, maybe I, I thought it might be worthwhile doing a quick recap of the AFL this weekend. And we're done. Uh, yeah, but it's been a great round. Oh, oh, there was a draw in the EJ Witten Legends match. Yes, giant. Who cares? There. Yeah. Uh, the was... buy before the finals. Thank you, Scott Sisters. Thank you, betting agencies. Uh, can we buy, can we just put both of them right in the crossfire? In the crossfire. No, in the crosshairs. I'm I'm going to put Gillen in there. Yeah. Because you can bitch and moan all you want, but at the end of the day, someone has to be stupid enough to agree to this shit. And uh, yeah, see, William's not a fan either. And William, what 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 do you make of uh, Thursday night finals? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. just fucking why? Yeah, I mean, and for starters, and, and to make it worse, it's six fifteen. <sighs> so, like, um, yeah, if you uh, if you work in the city, yeah, good, good luck getting to the game. Yeah, you're gonna need to start early and finish early that day, I believe. Yeah, um, and yeah, f- from the Hawthorne perspective too after we lose to Geelong it means we're going to have had one less day break <laughs> surely you've got to reward the teams that finish higher on the ladder didn't last year uh, before the grand final no uh, yeah didn't help but uh, it's a very a very interesting final series the um, the grim spectre Sorry, of uh, Sydney Geelong granny looms large yeah. I believe which can I, can I also uh, say a big part of the reason why we haven't done um a podcast for for a little while now as I've been in mourning for the death of the West Coast Eagles Premiership window with the uh, the unfortunate injury to Nick Natanui. To be fair, the injury to Segler is <laughs> is almost as bad. That was a, that was a grim night for for both clubs, I believe. But uh, you, number, you've both at least number got, one ruffmans go down. You've at least got the you know three Premiership yeah true um, yeah. Grand Finals that you can watch yeah. back to back to back. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, it's an interesting one. Mark Duffield, who obviously we always, in Duff we trust, um, mm-hmm. said this week, if anyone's going to win a flag from outside the four, it's going to be West Coast this year. And I think that's a pretty fair call looking at their the, last um, three weeks of football. I think the buy mm. is a real curveball this year. Mm. Because I think the, <coughs> <coughs> the challenge is going to be week two. Yeah. Um, I think that the team that the team that kind of wins these uh, these 
you know, uh, double chance, the double chance games. They're going to be at the stage where they've played essentially a game in a month. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine, and I mean, I just think back to last year in the, the preliminary finals. I mean, both Fremantle and the Eagles, who were coming off of the break, both looked a little bit dodgy as it mm. was. Yeah. Having a run through even just with the one week off and the fact that these guys, these teams are going to have two and three off. Well, we remember when... We are, you, I think we are going to be a really big chance to see... It, it might be worth betting the uh, betting the underdog in both preliminary finals this year. Mm. Well, I, I just remember in, um, in 2013... <coughs> no, sorry, 14 with the Swans. <coughs> right, we're just going to leave and bring up this chicken bone. <laughs> in 2014 with the Swans... Everyone was talking before the grand final about what a dream run they'd had. They'd had the week off, then they'd had another week off against North Melbourne, basically. Mm. Um, And that almost seemed to be to their detriment in the end. You know, in hindsight, we sort of looked at it and went, they haven't really played a hard competitive game in sort of in four weeks. So, uh, I mean, it is interesting that the Duffman's gone on the Eagles and he's dismissed Adelaide. Yes. Well, uh, that, I, I, I think that, Adelaide. Did you what? Did you watch last Friday? Night's I did. Game? And keep in mind, I guess yeah. keep in mind that Adelaide's all Australian midfielder oh, wasn't yes. playing. So I, I did like the uh, the comment during the week was, "Well, who'd have thunk it? Adelaide are a one team man, <laughs> a one man team." Just yeah. turns out it's Rory Sloan, not Patrick Dangerfield. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it is do we do we throw I mean, to the disgust that is the all Australian team uh, every year? Well, every year there's. There's controversial selections. I think this year, more than any other year that I can think of in recent times, the selections have been incredibly controversial. I, I mean, for me, it's just Selwood over Lockie Neal. I just still can't get my head around that. Um, other than the fact that Lockie Neal plays for a, a club that wears purple. Um, yeah. The guy's broken the record for the most number of disposals in a season. Yeah. Um, whereas Selwood... Play, I, playing for I can't a, even. Uh, I can't even think of... Like, a really good game that Selwood played this year. Mm. He's done nothing special. He played, he's played a couple that I can remember, but uh, I think that... But certainly by, like, by, by the standards of Lockie Neal, who, who's had a couple of absolutely ball-tearing games this year, to use the technical well, I mean, term for them. I can't think of Selwood having played any games like that. I, as I was saying to, the, to someone the other day about this, is that... Put into the context that the, he's been without the team's number one ruckman pretty much all year, mm. the team's number one midfielder pretty much all year. So he'd been essentially pretty much at every stoppage he gets double teamed. Yeah, and he's still able to get the the the, the big number of possessions that he has. Yeah, I'm not a be all and end all that possessions the possession counts mean everything because mm. there's a lot of bog average footballers who get high possession counts and do nothing with them. Nick Del Santo, the same Kilda years. But the fact that you're the fact that it's contested possessions is something I always put a little bit more weight on. And oh, so you're not like Clarko a... then. Well <laughs> I, who apparently I, doesn't give a toss about contested possession. <laughs> I think that somebody's still got to win them, but the the fact that you're you're getting contested possessions means you're beating somebody in mm. a, in a in a contest, which yeah. is obviously heads the word contested. contested. <laughs> but I've I've missed this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's from his perspective, it's really important that. Um, to take into context that they're a four-win team, the guy was getting tagged 
if not tagged, double teamed. Yeah. At every at every clearance, it was essentially coming through, and he still managed to do that. That like he should have been. He, I'm not going to say he should have been one of the first pick, but he should have been in the first ten. Yeah. I mean, and the other bloke who's probably very unlucky in that regard is Zach Merritt, I would have thought. It seems like he's... It, it, in many respects, mm. it seems like these guys have suffered by the fact that they're playing for an unsuccessful well, team. I, I can understand Merritt not being in the team, but him not being in the squad was just mm. baffling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll add another name to that, Dane Zorko. Yeah. Who's probably the best half-forward in the league this year. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... It's, but the I mean, it's just a couple of the 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 Geelong and Bulldogs love fest is just sickening. But yeah, the, and uh, on top of that, I think the decision. Well, we don't know which Sydney midfielder to put in, so let's just chuck them all yeah. in the team. It's yeah. Um, I mean, I I think Hannah's deserved to be in there. Yeah, the, so the, he's the, the rest. One, I'm out of out of the three. Not sold on. <laughs> at, funnily enough, out of the three, he's the one I wouldn't pick. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um. I can definitely understand Kennedy being in there. I can definitely understand Parker being in there. Hanabry, Hanabry was a, a force fit job as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the funny thing about the team as well is that the selectors made a very, very... I mean, the Lockie Neal thing, once again, baffling this, led the league in contested possessions. Mm. They basically built a team based on contested possessions around <laughs> the midfield. Except not, for him. <laughs> except for him. And not and, and virtually not one of those guys can use the ball effectively. Yeah. So Bill, Billy, Billy yeah, can yeah, feel he's, the pain. He's not happy. Oh, <laughs> not happy about these exclusions. So, um, so I mean, looking, I mean if looking we... over the team, I mean, the other thing that frustrates me about this, the, it's, it's a call out to the, the idiots that they have as selectors for the oh, most yeah. part. Who admit that they they don't watch every game? It's like you have one job. Yeah. Take your fucking job seriously. Yeah. It, like how oh, this, is, this is coming from the uh, Luke Darcy school of uh, I'm qualified to be a commentator because I ran around in a bulldogs jumper a few years ago. Yeah. Haven't done any research or accreditation or training or anything like yeah. that. But I'm that good. I deserve to be there. It, he probably takes the same approach to his all Australian role. Mm. I think, um, yeah, the thing is, looking at the team, I, the, there were five guys that I looked at straight away and said, I don't think they should have been in the team. Mm. And I can say this saying that I probably watched more football this year than the <laughs> yeah. All-Australian yeah. selectors did. Yeah, all of them put together probably. I mean... But um, I think, like, Toby Green was the other one I just yeah. look at. And I just think, really? Like, I mean, you were talking about Zorko before. That, that yeah. If you give me a choice between Zorko and Green this year, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, and I agree. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a non-successful club, being, a player from a non-successful club being snubbed at the expense of someone from a successful they, club. Yeah, and also the AFL got to look after the GWS oh, yeah. love child situation too. But yeah. yeah, Toby Green... But actually, the two GWS guys, Toby Green and Heath Shaw, wouldn't have been in my team. Mm. Uh, Corey Enright wouldn't have been in my team. Matthew Boyd definitely wouldn't have been in my team. Yeah. Thank you, Luke Darshole, for that selection. Yeah. That's got your fingerprints oh, all absolutely. over it. And Joel Selwood wouldn't have been in my team. Yeah, the captain. The captain. And Matthew <laughs> Boyd is probably a vice captain, isn't he? <laughs> Rory Sloan was a vice captain. Oh, okay, captain. fair enough. So, yeah. Josh Kennedy, after being the vice captain last year, having an even better year this year than he did last yeah. year, gets demoted. Yeah. So. 
Um, I do. I do have to give a, back, a bit of a backhand to Channel Seven, though. Who news item that night was snubbed, and I was like, "Oh, here we go. They're actually going to call them out." And it's like, "Oh, shocker! Luke Shuey and Andrew Gaff didn't make the All Australian team." I was like, "Really? Those are the only two guys you're going to go with?" All right. Well, I mean, thanks, it's, Channel Seven. Uh, just, thanks, Baz. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> how Andrew Gaff got in the forty. I don't even know. Just for the record, and that's as an Eagles supporter. Yeah. Watched every game this year. He played four or five good games at the end of the year. Yeah. Didn't turn up to the Derby, but we won't we no, won't talk about that. That's yes. a sore point for me. Yes. Um, but. Um, Shuey, Shuey was stiff, but I can understand why he didn't make the team. Yeah. Uh, I think that Lockie Neal certainly had a more compelling case uh, to, in terms of his omission from the team than Shuey did. Yeah. Shuey was probably... And from the way they talked, it sounded like Shuey was almost the last midfielder cut. Yeah. So, And if, if you're looking at that squad and taking it into account, he probably would have been an emergency if you were really picking yeah. a, a legit team. and. I, I think that that's fair enough. But, yeah, I, Zorko was – the Zorko thing just baffled me a little bit. But Green green out, you could argue, put Bontempelli on the half-forward flank. He plays mm. yeah. he plays a fair bit of time forward anyway, yeah. which opens up a bench spot for somebody else. The Boyd bench spot opened up, Selwood, and uh, Enright and Shore out, Rory Laird and Sam Doherty in. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so – I. Basically, the the three guys who I would say probably falling into the the mix. I think Jack Stephen was really stiff. I think Lockie Neal was exceptionally stiff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other guy who 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 is actually really really stiff, but just because of the way that teams team and balance and structure works out, didn't get a game because of the other guys that they picked was Robbie Tarrant from North Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, that is another good one. So that. They would be my five changes. I'd actually have mm-hmm. Tarrant in the team. Because yep. the argument could be with, with who you had and how you selected, you could actually use McGovern in a variety of different roles if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, very versatile guy. Yeah. So, so should we look at the, the finals then? As I say, like... <coughs> yeah. Oh, the, the one thing I've learned is, as a general rule, you tip the home teams in finals. As you say, whether the buy-around changes that at all this year. I remember sitting on this couch in one of our last episodes um, which was yeah probably about four months ago saying Sydney look a cut above the rest of the teams this year uh, yeah. that was I think the week after they I they, think they, the lost, to they lost to Richmond yeah mm. but I still I still see nothing that makes me want to change yeah. my, my view on that this year if I was having to bet my life on a team winning it it would be Sydney yeah, yeah. Um, I not think, that I'm doing that, anybody. No, but, uh, but I think they... Um, yeah, you just want to clarify that with the whole cough just, issue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I might be close to death. It may sound like he's dying, it's... but... Um, yeah, I, I just think they've shown... They towed up Hawthorne the first time we played them this year. Um, won comfortably. <laughs> should have won by a lot more. Were one Sean Burgoyne quarter of absolute brilliance away from beating us pretty comfortably the second time we played them this year. And they towed up Geelong in Geelong. Um, yeah. So, and and just, they've, they've beaten GWS once this year as well. And just, so. just form-wise coming into the finals, they're the team that have been the best mm. form. Thank you, Richmond, again. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Can we... Yeah, what's going on? I mean... We'll talk about what's going on at Richmond probably a little bit later on yeah. here. But actually, there was a good—I uh, don't know if you've seen the Facebook page of um, Simpsons AFL moments. No, but there was a good one with the old. Do you remember the old uh, 
and guess who's practicing? I think it was like practicing medicine without a degree. And then they show Dr. Hibbert looking nervous and then it's like, that's right, Homer Simpson. <laughs> she said, don't. Or this one was like, and guess who's marauding as a pretend AFL coach? And they show Justin Leffich looking nervous and then, that's right, Damien Hardwick. <laughs> yeah. So big, big shout out to the, yeah, the website for that one. There's, there's always, it's well worth uh, monitoring that one. I'm not even on Facebook, but I get, um, set, yeah, regular updates from a, a Mr. Archer. Mm. <laughs> provides much much love there but I think I mean the idea that they coming into this season I, I distinctly remember at the end of last year you were saying they were your sort of smoky team I believe because they'd beaten Hawthorne they looked going have, into the finals uh, yeah, yeah yeah maybe. I remember you had said yeah. that and um, I mean fast forward a couple of months to when people were making their season predictions. You know, a lot of people had Richmond well, comfortably in the eight. Hardwick coming them. out at the start of the year saying that he thought that this is the best list he'd ever had. Yeah. Whoops. Um, end of the season. <laughs> Do you want to take that one uh, back, Damien? What, what went wrong? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thing that was... And, and you can't say Trent Cotchin being injured. I like to say... Everyone's, everyone's had injuries this year. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean, Trent Cotchin doesn't count anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, not to cut... Delidio, sorry. Delidio, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone talked about him being, like, the most critical injury this season. But, I mean, yeah, the, no. other, the other thing that I guess is... He's, uh, the one thing that I will say about Hardwick is, is that he's managed to successfully pull what I call as a worst fold, which is um, managing to get all his assistants sacked, <laughs> yet somehow managing to keep his own job himself. So, the James which, Heard uh, <laughs> model springs to mind as well, with everyone falling on their sword around yeah. him except for the actual guy who's accountable, who should be accountable yeah. for it all. Who's taking full responsibility for it, yet never took any responsibility and for it. And got a one-year paid trip to Paris. Yeah. Not, not that we're still bitter about that no. or anything. <laughs> but, uh, we digress. Yeah. We, we love posting that photo from his last oh, game yeah. as coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That one and the, uh, the, old, the judge, the herd, and the, the dude, dude. <laughs> with yeah. Rob, Slovo in uh, undercover mode to break the story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, oh no, we're making Billy Cower here. He's uh, not a, not a fan of James Heard. Yeah, good on you, so, Billy, for having standards. But yeah, yeah I I don't know. I, the Richmond Richmond's just they're I mean they they paid the price for trying to top up. It's Richmond and North Melbourne. They're both kind of in a very similar position. Mm. And the way that I can't remember, I'm I'm trying to remember for the life of me who I heard say this this week, but. Um, Somebody came out with regards to Hardwick and put Brad Scott in the exact same bucket for the record. Said mm. that if you've been if you've been coaching a team for seven years and you're either you haven't won a premiership or you're not in premiership contention at that particular point in time, you really should have another job. Yeah. Um, because you failed your yeah. club in that role and responsibility, and I think that. That's the thing, it's just that the Richmond window is probably shot now and yeah. the North Melbourne window is definitely shot. I mean, do we do we even talk about the ridiculousness oh. of retiring guys off two weeks before your season's over? Yeah. Oh, there, there was another good tweet on that. It was so two weeks before the finals, right, our season's shot, we have to rebuild next year. 
It's not quite Al Pacino from any given Sunday. No, it's not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not fighting for that inch. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're fighting to get a contract somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. The one that Harvey's baffling uh, to me. He's yeah. Still, yeah. I mean, he's, he's still in the top five players of that club. I, I think that the on the AFL player ratings take that with a grain of salt mm. in terms of what it is and what it measures. Is that it's still in the top thirty. Yeah. And. Look, he might be 450 years old, or close to it, mm. but I might be slightly exaggerating, of course. No, but I think that's about right. Um, yeah, he, I, who's, who's on their, who, who, on their who, list... Who are they going to elevate to take his spot next year? Saying, what kid is he keeping out of on the side? Their, on their list, or in the open market, who's going to be a better player than him for that role at mm. that club? There isn't one there. Yeah. And just given how financially strapped in inverted quotes that shit stain of a club is <laughs> your love of North Melbourne um, continues to shine through in these wouldn't podcasts you, wouldn't you keep him on for the 450 just to flog some merch oh yeah that too well uh, it's just just that that just baffles me from that perspective yeah. as well is it, that it baffles slash amuses me because I think the guy's a worm I've yeah you know, I'm, 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 both of us have I've never been a fan yeah, of his, yeah, but, and that's why it, it baffles me. And I remember me. when I found out, I just sent through the... Bah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Harvey not offered a contract. And then I was trying to find a, a Google image of hysterical laughter and ended up just screenshotting the whole page and sending that yeah. through instead. I figured that would work just as well. But I, I mean, the other three, why is it well, controversial? For, no. Like, I mean, Del Santo may be one year left. Mm. The other two are already two years past their yeah. best. Petrie, so, Petrie and Ferrito uh, were finished two years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, the Del Santo thing, I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, the guy's played a vast majority of his football at another club, so why is it a big deal with him as yeah. well? I mean, that, yeah, but Harvey, yeah, the Harvey situation is just... Insane. I, yeah, I, I, I really don't understand that. I mean, the the game's record holder, an absolute icon on the club. To take him, to take yeah. him outside and shoot Bambi like that, you'd have to have a a really compelling reason for me. Yeah, like you know, a Jaeger O'Meara on your list not getting a game. Yeah, and. I just don't see it with North Melbourne. You, you know, it's not like anyone's beating down the door. No. and I It's mean, not like they're going to get a high draft pick this year so they know they can recruit for someone to take his place. Mm. Like, yeah, I... As I say, I just, I just laugh when I see it. it it's, it's a kind of confused, bemused laughter, but it's still laughter. <laughs> well, as I said, nothing North Melbourne does surprises me. Mm. And, that, I mean, get ready for that. Absolute mother of all poundings in that final. Oh yeah, Ad- I mean Adelaide will be. I think spewing. That... They've. I reckon Adelaide really cost themselves a spot in the grand final because I would. I would have thought two games at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Whoever they're playing, they're going to back themselves in with a week off in the middle. Uh, mm. You know, we've questioned whether that's a good thing or not. But all think... the pieces were in place for them to make a grand final. I actually year. think that them having to do it the way that they're going to have to do it. It's, this is going to sound stupid. I agree with your sentiment. But I actually think that having that challenge put in front of them and having so many people doubt them might actually spin it the other so way. Like might have them last year. Might, yeah, might actually. Yeah, well, I, rem- I distinctly remember saying to somebody after the Eagles beat Hawthorne and saying, 
put your money on Hawthorne for the grant you, to win now because you'll, you'll never, never get, get better, better odds. odds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I remember. I flashing back to our last episode. I think I was rather bullish on Adelaide. Then you were a bit more coy, and then I remember I caught up with you on the Sunday, and you said. I just saw Adelaide's draw in the second half mm. of the year. Now I understand why you were why you were talking them up that much. <laughs> I just think the home ground advantage factor is huge for them. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that, as Brian Taylor once put it, watch how the Adelaide players suck off this. Um, the way the the crowd sort of lifts them there. Eddie Betts has a phenomenal oh. record at Adelaide Oval. I think that the other thing that helps them as well is that the it's actually a pretty short trek to get to Melbourne from Adelaide. So even for games in Melbourne, mm. is that they, they, they have a bit of a transplant crowd there as well. They've proven so far this year that they actually have travelled really well as well. Mm. They've beaten the Eagles in Perth. Kept them scoreless for a, for quarter, a quarter in the first time in their history. Yeah. They nearly knocked off Hawthorne. Yep. One dodgy holding the ball decision away, Isaac Smith, yep. in the in the last three seconds of the game. Should have been pinged and wasn't. I mean, the only team that's given them any trouble this year has been Geelong. Mm. But the way that the, the draw shakes out for them with the finals, the only mm. way they would, would be playing Geelong would be in the grand final. Yeah. So... And they also beat... I mean, we're talking about Sydney being the best team. If I had to nominate the game of the season right now, I think that Adelaide-Sydney one would... Yeah, definitely be in my top five. And I, I wouldn't write Adelaide off. I, I think Adelaide chances of winning are greater than the Eagles. They're lucky. There's too many things that would have to go. That... They're lucky in that they're not in Hawthorne's side of the draw. I think I'd agree with if, that. If if because I mean I'm expecting, I'm expecting the four home teams to win in mm. the first week. I think Geelong have shown they've well in round one anyway. They've shown they've got our number, and I think. Yeah. The last four weeks, we've just looked a little bit off the boil. Actually, you, um, you're actually right. You just reminded me they would actually meet Geelong in a preliminary rather than a grand final. Yeah. Under that structure, but, yeah. Yeah, but I think... If Geelong win and they win and they... I mean... They get they get GWS in the second in, week is what I'm doing that, to. Yeah, that's exactly And right. I think young team, first mm. final at home. Yeah. yeah. ANZ Stadium is not their home. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there. But um, I just think... I don't think they could beat Hawthorne in Melbourne next week. I think if Hawthorne lose this week, then expect us to throw everything yeah. at whoever we get, which at this stage will probably be West Coast. Mm. Oh, in fact, it will certainly be West Coast. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. Come at me, Doggies fans, <laughs> both of you. <laughs> and um, I think I think if they had been in that side, then it, the path is a little tougher. But I think. You know, I they will flog North <laughs> Melbourne by, uh, I'll, I'll say, 13 goals. I I'm think thinking, they'll absolutely kill them. I'm thinking Port Adelaide-Richmond yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Richmond really co- coming out of this <laughs> with yeah. him beating in this uh, podcast. Yeah. Hey, win a final, prove us wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think they that final, of all the finals I can potentially see at the moment, Adelaide-GWS is I think the one where there's the biggest potential for an underdog team to yeah. actually get up. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, look, I think that they, for them to get through, I think they've got to avoid Geelong. I think that Geelong kind of have their measure. So you hope Hawthorne. 
So they would be go what to they the would MCG be hoping... on Friday night with your Hawthorne jumper on. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Basically, if you're an Adelaide fan, yeah, yeah. you should be wanting you desperately wanting Hawthorne to win. And not just I, Adelaide I fans. Too. Everyone should be wanting Hawthorne to win, don't? Because um, <laughs> I think that their, their preferred pathway to a granny is North Melbourne GWS Hawthorne. Mm. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that to keep in mind is, is that given that Adelaide are an interstate team and Geelong are a Victorian team and they've shipped Fremantle down to Skilled no, Stadium I, before. Nah, nah, nah. I'm just Wouldn't happen. It, I'm Wouldn't just, happen. Just putting it for Don't. Yeah, I, I doubt it would happen prelim week. Yeah. Just saying. I oh, know, because we all know, I mean, it's a bit like the Thursday night finals. Like, no, we're not going to do that to uh, teams that we actually care about. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, but I think, yeah, you're right. Sydney, I would yeah, say... Yeah, I'd still back Sydney. And I, I, I really that... hope that Hawthorne knock off Geelong this week. More so... Like, obviously, I'm I'm doing the the David Putty here. I've got to support my team. But I just don't want to watch a Sydney-Geelong grand final. That's... Oh. A, like, would you rather get punched in the right nut or kicked in the left one? Like, trying to pick As between those two. As a supporter. Yeah. yeah, trying to pick between those two teams. I oh, mean, God, good I think God. the thing is, is that I'm just thinking about it is, is that you've got, um, you've got Buddy on one side and you've got Patrick Dangerfield on the other. Is, is that Bruce McAvaney oh. might pass out at three-quarter time. Oh, but Cyril won't be there at least, yeah. so. <laughs> but... Um, perhaps, perhaps that will fly Cyril in special. Yeah. <laughs> just to finish it off. Last the, well, that's the other big percentage. Thing. The last... Yeah, I think that I mean the thing is, is the percentage is generally. I always feel in, when you're looking at how a team's performed, percentage is generally a better. Sometimes Ooh, that I, does not all go well for Hawthorne. No, that's yeah. right. But I think that the point is, is that I think percentage gives you a better indication of how a team's gone than sometimes win loss records do. Yeah. Hawthorne, while Hawthorne won what six games by less than ten points this year, yep. six and zero in those games. Yeah. Um, is it? I mean, you can look at that two ways. Sit there and say that they're they're battle hardened. So when when you know push comes to shove, they know what they're doing. But mm. it, the other way you could look at that is say that your luck's going to run out sooner or yeah. later. Um, and also, we lost to a team that lost to Essendon this year. Mm. <laughs> sure, the transitive property certainly hasn't applied to this season, but that one's still just uh, first time we lost them in 10 years as well. Yeah. Who, of so. course, then came out and lost to Carlton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're trying to read some of the Who also lines. lost to yeah. Essendon. Yeah. 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 Oh, so yeah. Melbourne. Melbourne. Lost to Carlton and Essendon. <laughs> beat GWS and Hawthorne. Look, Don't think anyone else has done that this year. I think that that's the scary... The, but, I mean, to, to make the point, it's, it's a really interesting final series for its evenness, I think, within the top mm. five or six this year. Which is the what Eagles, you'd expect, considering the top I eight hasn't the, changed since round six. Yeah. <laughs> and the the Eagles have pretty much matched their record from last year. The thing was, last year they finished second. This year they finished mm. sixth. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, and I think that the problem is, is that there's a couple of ways that you can look at that, is say that it's incredibly even competition. The other way you can look at it and say is there's some incredibly shit teams. Yeah, I was going to right say, now. the other thing you could say is that the fixture is shit too. Because, mm. I mean, getting to play Fremantle twice was a was a big advantage for them this year. Um, I think the... Geelong the, had a very nice fixture. In terms of the double the double mm. ups. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Geelong got I mean, let, let's twice. F- so. Fuck... Um, Fuck Thursday night football and all these other innovations. How about we innovate and have a an even fixturing system? 
The sooner we go to a conference system, the better. Well, Duffman, again, talked about this, and he said, it's very simple for me. The first 17 rounds, you play every team twice. No, I don't right. care what... Uh, once, sorry, yeah. Alter, alternating I don't, what, I don't care what happens. That has to happen. And that yeah. used to happen too. Yeah. Nowadays, you'll play teams twice in seven weeks before... Like, Geelong, well, I think it was GWS had played Geelong and Sydney twice each this season before they had played, like, six other teams. Well, the, How the fuck does that make sense? GWS played the Eagles for the first time this year, round 21. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, for starters, first 17 rounds, you've got to play everyone twice. But then he said, after that, it's very simple. Top six, middle six, bottom six. Bottom six, there's some sort of um, draft lottery that they're playing for. See, Middle I'm... six, you're playing for those last two final spots. Top six... Obviously, you're playing to finish as high as you can. I I don't like that system. Is that I think that that actually promotes and encourages tanking in a slightly different way. You're going to have issues with 11th, 12th, 13th around that mark. Where if one's playing for if if you're 12th and you can theoretically drop to 13th, like if you're 12th, you let's face it, if you're 12th, you're no chance of playing mm-hmm. finals. Yeah. So what happens is is that you 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 tank to try and get into the better draft pick position. It it doesn't. Everybody's quick to 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 think about that and put that forward as a solution, but they haven't thought about the intricacies of 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 the issues. You saying there. Duffman hasn't thought about? This? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, cool. I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm saying cool. he's. I'm I think. I mean, obviously, it would be good if it got hand in hand with a draft lottery system, which is the other well, thing that they just yeah. stupidly got their head in the sands of. I mean, they're so quick to innovate with Thursday night football and all this other garbage. When it comes yeah. to stuff that people have been saying for years, uh, the fixturing's biased and um, the draft system's shit. Encourages tanking, even though you don't know what that is. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. There's no problems there. No no no. We've nothing there. Hey, by the way, have you heard of playing a final on a Thursday this year after a week off? Concentrate on that. Just concentrate yeah. on that, everyone. Yeah. Uh. yeah. No, that's right. And yes, um, it, conferences is the best way. Uh, and it's 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 simple as top four teams split it to two conferences of nine. Play every team in your conference. First of all, fuck off this stupid NAB challenge bullshit. Yeah, I agree with that too. You play each team in your conference twice. You play every other team in your conference once. Really easy to do the fixturing because you play every team in your conference twice. Once home, once away. And then would you shorten the final series? No, no, I'll, I'll finish. Oh, yeah. Where, all right, just... The, uh, with regards to the other ones, you can alter every two years. You have a home and away cycle. Yeah, really simple. Really so simple. So Collingwood, you will actually have to find out directions to the airport. Yeah, you're going to be travelling. Yeah, for once. Suck on that, Eddie. Yeah, twenty-five rounds. That means uh, top four from each conference goes through. You're you're seated crossover the same way they do this a lot of the Olympics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things. So one, the difference is, is that one would play two. Basically, the top two in each conference essentially get the double chance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it wouldn't be one before two. Yeah. Be, yeah. 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 So three and four alternate across the conference. So three in conference one would play four in conference yeah. two. Three in conference two obviously plays four in conference one. Yeah. You finish higher. You obviously get home ground advantage. Yeah. Um, and then it runs through as per normal. 
And it means that no one misses out on their uh, broadcast deal, which is the main reason why they won't agree to just everyone playing yeah. every other team once. Well, it actually, there's actually more games under that structure. Well, more games that matter. If mm. Fuck, they have come. And you put it... Yeah, and you, <laughs> that, you put that into... You give... I don't know how you'd work it out, but you probably have two buys throughout mm. the course of the year. Basically, that's a 32-week cycle. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. It's well, and it's I, it's I have no problems with that. <laughs> it's so simple that the AFL will never do it. Yeah. Exactly. Again they'll, again, read NBA uh NBA draft lottery system. <laughs> they'll do they'll bastardize and go with a three conference system, I reckon, if they were going to do it because they oh, I was going everybody to say, wants I can't to see them changing it. <laughs> because they want they want to go down to more games. They figure if you go three conference system, you play every team in your conference twice. That's ten games, and you play uh, each each team outside your conference once. That's another twelve games. So then there's twenty two. So nothing mm. changes. Yeah. And they would probably do top two from each conference, and then two wild cards. So the next two teams with the mm. next best records. Yeah. I, I think that's what they'd do, but I think that the twenty five round is a better way to go. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'd I'd be happy with them keeping things as is, as long as you played. Every team once in the first seventeen rounds. That's the mm. to me, and the most infuriating thing is that that used to happen. I remember yeah. when there was a sixteen team competition. The first fifteen rounds, you'd always play every team once. And the good thing about that is, is that you know where everyone stands. It's well, at that point is that well, everybody's played everyone yeah. once, so they we are it, where they we call are. It the or oh, the quirk of the fixturing. It's not a quirk. No, it's a. St- it's a stupid change they've made. Every time I hear that, oh, due to a quirk of the fixturing, because the mm. Waffle jumped on board with it as well. I mean, mm. one team started, I think it was last season, one team started the season with two buys in a row. So, oh, yeah. that's a quirk of the fixturing. Fuck right off. Seriously. Just fixture it properly. Oh, no, but we've got to have the blockbusters every round in order to make sure that we all meet our uh, own set KPIs and get paid bonuses there at AFL HQ. Well, it's got nothing to do with the waffle, but yes. No, because the the waffle followed suit. The waffle used to follow the same fixturing. And they just, oh, really? We're doing it this way? Yeah. Well, the waffle has the problems with the ninth team. The sooner the Swans and Perth merge together so it's an 18 league, the better. You wouldn't just put Peel out of their misery? Well, appeal is essentially Fremantle reserves now. That's yeah, the only so thing that's changed that to East Frio. Yeah, that's that, the that only would, thing that saves that them. Be easy. But anyway, yeah, because um, case in point, I'm re- refusing to go and watch East Perth but, tomorrow because they're playing down in Mandra. The reality, well, the reality of um, why I said Swans and Perth is well, both those teams are battling. Well, Perth haven't won. Perth, yeah, yeah, yeah. when when Perth won their last premiership, I was one year old. Mm. So that means that there's, you know, there's two... Gen- 57 almost years. Two, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's almost two generations of supporters who haven't seen Perth win a premiership. Yeah. Um, and I just think that it's the sensible move for both those teams to make um, to, to be sustainable long-term. But... Um, I guess speaking of uh, frustrations, uh, the Australian cricket team's oh, efforts in Sri Lanka uh, three one up in the one days. Big Hooray. fucking deal. Oh, 
Shat the bed in the test matches, though. I'm really disappointed that we didn't do a preview of this series because before the series, I was saying to a couple of guys at work, there's one thing we have to do to win this series. There's one thing. Survive Rangana Harath. Mm. We don't even need to score, you know, we don't even need to score any runs with off him. All we need to do is just not lose our wickets to that guy. Mm. Three weeks later, he's finished third on the all-time list for um, wickets in a three-test series. And after... I'm trying to remember what we rolled them for. Was it 132? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was, was in the 130s in the first yeah. test. From that point onwards, Steve Smith getting stumped by half the length of the pitch. Series over. We never looked mm. like competing from that point onwards. I went up and I was having... Yeah, to, to paraphrase one of my former co-workers, I was having a cunt of a day. Um, on a Friday, and I went up to watch the cricket at lunch, and I saw Kawaja and Smith, two of our best players of spin in this side, get bowled by consecutive deliveries where they, to say they looked clueless would be to be paying them a compliment. They had no idea where the ball was going. And we just, we flat out don't know how to play quality spin, spin bowling. I think well, Smith, can I, Smith can I, gets so, a pass mark usually, I, but he was just as bad as anyone I, in this Can series. I add to that? Oh, we struggle playing quality swing bowling too. Yes. We struggle against quality bowling, mm. <laughs> essentially. But I think well, no, we, we can handle pace. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we've... <laughs> I would back us in 10 times out of 10 against quality swing oh. bowling compared to quality spin bowling, particularly in Asia. I think I was just... The thing is, is that I think that whenever we travel into the northern hemisphere, yeah, we, it we, does, we doesn't just, end well for we us. We just we just basically lose the ability to cricket. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you just use that as a verb? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Mister Cricket likes this. <laughs> Flat out, we, we lose the ability to cricket. All right, come on. Second um, time, it's wearing a bit thin now, but I I do hear what you say. And for me, it's it's probably one step further than that. We lose the ability to bat. I would still back in our bowlers. I mean, yeah, you know, I, that's what, actually a really good point. I don't think the bowl. I mean, the I, I won't say I don't think that the bowlers were terrible. I think that. A Mitchell Stark became Mitchell Stark everything was, I've yeah. always hoped he would be with a red ball. I was going to say Mitchell Stark in particular. I mean, you cannot, you cannot have a go at him. He was. Oh, I mean, he was he our was man so, of the series by the length of the equator. Using the old and the scary, the scary thing is, is that the bloke who was probably second played best, one, played one too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. S Marsh, who's now off with a broken finger again. Awesome. Top stuff. But no, I mean, <coughs> look, perhaps we will cover this first. He was, he was outstanding and he was everything I've always wanted him to be in Test cricket. He was fast, he was fiery, but most importantly of all, he attacked the stumps. Yep. There was none of this worry about, oh, pitch it up outside off, or is the ball swinging or anything like that. It was everything he always does with a white ball done with a red ball. And he was exceptional, exceptionally good in conditions that wouldn't necessarily, before the series, you wouldn't yeah. have said they're going to really favour that the, much. And I mean, the thing is, if the series was maybe a one-all draw, is that he would have been right there with Man of the Series. He probably was anyway, but it is really difficult to give a guy Man of the Series when he's yeah. getting pants yeah. as badly as... Yeah, I mean, he was, he was every bit as good as Harath. 
Yeah. Who, and Harath single-handedly won in the series. You know, in many respects, I say we didn't really well, compete. Stark single-handedly actually kept us on the park. Probably, probably Mendes and Harath. Uh, I mean, I, Mendes's innings in that first test made a was yeah, but significant that, that was, in the context. Yeah, of the series. I think Harath in all three matches though he was the difference. No, but um, yeah, but if, I mean, other than Stark, God, why do we keep picking David Warner away from Australia? I mean, honestly. Sorry, um, ODI captain David Warner. Oh. Has anyone had, had actually had a look at his record away from home? It's well, horrible. Be, be very, very careful here. Once again, north of the equator. He's made oh, runs in South oh, Africa oh, yeah. and he's made runs in New Zealand. So Yeah, and do, do, you know how, do you know how bad his record is then? Even if you look at his record away from mm-hmm. home, even with those factored in, mm. it's still horrible. Um, I... Uh, I don't see I Joe that, Burns as a test quality I, player either. I'm sorry, I, just, I know he played a really good knock in New Zealand, yeah. but I just don't can see I, him. Can I just wind back on the Warner thing very yep. quickly? Does it worry... Uh, uh, it's, it's amusing that we are potentially a Steve Smith injury away from the first punch-up at the toss. Warner v. Coley? <laughs> yeah. Warner v. Coley. <laughs> I, did, I remember a lot of people say, if I could see a test in which David Warner and Virat Coley were opposing captains, I would die happy. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them would probably die mid-match. <laughs> Knife by an opposing captain for, for the first time. Yeah. Well, I, Strike on head repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> which was formed into a shiv. <laughs> but, I mean... He's actually... It probably says more about how bad he was. He has actually improved in that... He's, he's much less of a fucktard now than he used to be. But uh, yeah. I think... He's dialed the fucktard down from it, 10 to maybe yeah, 6. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. <coughs> but, oh, I, it's... Yeah, I don't, don't see leadership material in him at all. But I mean, at, at the same time, well... What, it's it's the classic. What other options do they have? Anyone? <laughs> yeah. Like well. literally anyone. <laughs> I'd almost I'd almost go with anyone over him as captain. I'd love. To, I, I I think I've said this before. I'd love to see him throw it to someone like Mitch Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> Just to see what happened. <laughs> yeah. Other way to be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for different but, reasons. <laughs> for then the water. I mean, look, I, Mitch Marsh is an intriguing case. I. I think that he's been terribly utilised by the the team. Mm. Is it, look, he's not he's not good enough to be a number six test batsman, no. but he's actually a very handy bowler who yep. doesn't get bowled enough. Yeah. I actually at the moment they're trying to they're trying to flint off him. Well. No, I was just going to say they probably need to treat him more like flint off. Yeah. A guy who. Bowls 140 clicks is very useful as a bowler, and as a batsman, you can count on some sort of lower order um, mm. smash and grab jobs, but probably not consistent runs. Mm. I think I see and him I mean, more in that mold, whereas they're trying to play him more in the mold as a batsman who bowls a bit, which yeah. I don't really think he is. Yeah, I think he should be batting at seven. Yeah, I and, think I mean, that, and I, I think that you say to him, you're in the Gilchrist role. Yeah, come out, swing for the fences, because he when he when he he plays at his best when he's aggressive. And that's the funny thing is that as an ODI batsman, he's he's very good. He's he's mm. more than competent as an ODI batsman. I remember the two of us watching 
an innings he played against New Zealand in the last tour over there where yeah. he had a big partnership with Hastings and uh, virtually won it off his own bat, having taken a couple of wickets from memory as well. And then he was but, man in the match in the recent uh, finals, one-day finals in the West Indies as well. Yeah, so I actually... It's, it's, it's a bit of a funny one that he's batting almost like Shane Watson. Mm. His batting just hasn't quite translated over to Test cricket. But I think he's still... I mean, right now he's probably in our most two or three most important players, mm. I'd say, in and terms I mean, of the next decade and I think of that, Test cricket. You know, and I'll sit there and I'll say what I said about him not being a Test number 6 batsman. The worrying thing about Shawanka was he was probably maybe our third or fourth best batsman mm. during the series. He actually looked... Quite comfortable, apart from when the uh, Chinaman was coming on bowling yeah. to him. Yeah. Apart from that, he actually looked quite comfortable. He made a nice half century yep. in one of the games. I mean, you'd like to see, obviously, you'd like to see him convert that mm. into a into a bigger score. But uh, the, the thing, he's he's going to be a tantalising guy, I think, for five to six years. But I think that he's one that they've just got to persist with. And I think the the other, the best thing I've seen about him is he's snubbed the IPL to try and play county cricket and that sort of thing. He's yeah. clearly, he's really got his priorities right in terms of, um, you know, red ball cricket being yeah. the priority um, and not really concerned. I mean, the way I look at the IPL is when you're in your mid-30s, fine, go, you know, mm. go finish your career off, get a payday. Yeah. Before then, doesn't matter, really. I mean, it's amazing the number of cricketers who complain about fatigue and workload and the schedule, and yet when it gets discussed, oh, oh no, we're not, we're not going to cut the IPL window. Yeah. You know, that, that's... <laughs> no, no, <laughs> there's no, no. No issues with workload there. No. And then suddenly one, one international tour later, oh, yeah, I'm a bit fatigued, you know, oh, too much mm. travelling, all this garbage. Mitch Marsh, at the very least, as, you know, for a... For a young guy who could be, I mean, as an all-rounder, he could be, you know, I reckon he'd be probably attracting maybe three quarters of a mil. Well, didn't a he? Year over didn't there. he get a? Didn't he get a, a a bid for about that much? Yeah, in the last in the last auction, I believe. Yeah, from memory, but yeah. he certainly he seems to treat that as secondary mm. to um to first class and red ball cricket. And I mean, the thing is, is that. Certainly with the ball, anyway. But, I mean, you see it as well subtly with the bat. You see the improvement with yeah. him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, and, mm. yeah, I just think that he's been... He's just not being utilised correctly. And he's been thrown to the wolves a couple of times. I mean, he got he's trumped been... for Sean Marsh in the last Ashes series. That was... Well, it's not that he's been... Yeah, yeah so he's, been, he's, been a he's been a convenient scapegoat. He got bounced a lot of times out of the one-day team for the at the wrong time yeah. as well. So, I mean, can we? I think perhaps we'll close on this. We'll wrap it up. The Australian selectors aren't under anywhere near as much heat as they should be right now. I mean, Moses Henriques picked in our top six John the last Holland? test. Couldn't John get a game. Holland? Couldn't get a game for why, Victoria. Why on earth didn't we play Zampa? And this, everyone will look at this and go. Oh, this is easy to say in hindsight. I've got. I can show. I'll, I'll do a. I won't do a Hillary. I'll show you the emails. We've got emails before the the test where I said, "Best of luck to John Holland." But does anyone find this selection, in a word, shitty? 
Like, the guy played two first-class matches last season, mm. and suddenly he's playing cricket for Australia. Well, it's... At least with Zampa, he's been in the one-day side. He's played international cricket. You, you know, he's got more of that pedigree, the temperament for it. By throwing these guys to the wolves, Bryce McGain style, what do we actually hope to get out of this? Ashton Agar style. Oh, yeah. Another um, one. I, it, look, the John Holland selection reeks of uh, Brad Williams, I bowl with the wrong arm. Yeah, selection. It does. Again. Um, and uh, the Moses on reeks one reeks oh, of the old, geez. I play for the right state. Mark Wall. Um, uh, Obviously the uh, selector on that, that. Yeah, I just think some of the selections, going back a few years now, I mean, Glenn Maxwell picked to bat at number three. The Agar oh. one still, for me, stands out as the worst selection I've ever seen. Maxwell at three is a very close second. Cameron White but, is our uh, frontline spinner oh. in India. Yeah, but Henriques is... I mean, that is right yeah, up there. Was... Suddenly having him thrown in. I I don't understand it. At all. And um, what I really don't understand is how there hasn't been any scrutiny... Of them afterwards. There has been not one sort of article, not that I've read anyway, column, article, anything, actually putting some heat on the selectors and going, guys, to use old hollow men quote, what the fuck are you all doing? Mm. <laughs> Honestly. Lift your game, June. <laughs> Etc. Any, anything else to add? <laughs> no. I think, oh, let, let's go out on a fiery note. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, there's... there's... Yeah, it's, I, it's, uh, it's a bit like the old Mick Malloy. I'm ready probably, to storm off. The there's, seat probably, here. there's probably <laughs> uh, there's one thing that I I, I really want to add. Um, I've been very critical in the past of LeBron James. Oh, here we go. For, this is right out of left field. <laughs> I still stand by the fact that the, the decision is arguably one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a professional athlete do. But I've been very critical of him with regards to his shift to Miami at the time. To be fair, I was a big fan of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has done something very, very similar. He has every right to pick and choose who he goes and plays with. I don't begrudge him that. He's an unrestricted free agent, which means he can sign wherever the hell he wants. But when your team is up 3-1 in the conference finals against a particular team and you lose that series... Primarily because you shat the bed in critical moments and then you decide to leave that team to join the team that beat you. I'm not going to cop that. I'm not copping that. <laughs> I'm not going to cop that. It is the, It is a cop out. Wow, there you go. It is a really, really shitty cop out. And I'm sorry, I'm old school. Yeah. I believe that... a. A championship that you win from the ground up is far more valuable than a championship that you win by ha- by hitching your ride yeah, hitching your to somebody else's wagon. wagon. Yeah. And Kevin, I'm sorry, you are still probably one of the five best players in the league, but hitching your wagon to the Golden State Warriors... Dead to you. That championship <laughs> that you may well end up winning yeah. is probably only worth about half a championship to me. I like the, the old school comment. The other one I'd go is that loyalty still means something to me as well. Like, I don't care how much money these guys get paid. Mm. You know, it, loyalty, being a being a one-club player, <laughs> uh, you know. Doing, I mean, 
in fact, this this will be a good note to close on. Matthew Pavlich, a massive yes. salute. Can we? Can we? Yeah, so, that's that's actually a, a... an outstanding career and someone who, you know, reading his book, it was revealed he was offered. Um, several times as much money to go over and, you know, finish with a cameo at the Gold Coast, to move back to his home state in Adelaide, to move to big clubs in Victoria where he may have actually gotten the respect and the admiration of the wider football community that he deserves. But I think, yeah, tip tip of the lid to him. And going to that last game, seeing you kick your 700th, um, watching the team get get over the line against a far more credentialed opponent who admittedly were probably warming up for finals, but, I mean, they played really well that day. But my lasting memory of this season will absolutely, absolutely be of your game against Port Adelaide this year where you and I were both there and there were, in front of us, the Archers weren't there that week, unfortunately, but there were a couple of kids coming to watch their first game of football with their dad, and they went ballistic every time. There was yay pavs and everything. They were ballistic every time you kicked a goal in that game, including a 55-metre bomb, and that, to me, sums up everything that you've been for the Fremantle Football Club. You've been the heart and soul of that club, their best-ever player, and this whole state owes you, yeah, a massive debt of gratitude. Well and played, Pav. They better do something for you at the new stadium. Yes, good call. Uh, if some, Mark somebody, gets a stand named somebody, after him, so should Matthew Somebody Pavlich. said to me at work the other day, um, without, admittedly this is um, it's our South African correspondent, actually, was the person... Yeah. He actually said to me, um, surely there's people more worthy of the, in the history of WA, WA sport, mm. well, sport in general. No. Surely there's peop- more worthy people in the history of WA sport than Pavlich for that type of honour. And I said, to be perfectly honest with you, you could count them on mm. one hand and you might only use a couple of fingers. Mm. Um Coming from a West Coast Eagles supporter. Uh, for the record, I actually want to I actually want to make mention of this because I think that this sums it up really well. My my father, who is a died in the wall West Coast supporter, yeah. um, the week of his game, actually, uh, week of Pab's final game, actually rang the Fremantle Dockers up and said, um, "I actually want to pass a mess, get a message passed on to Matthew Pavlich, saying, look, I'm an Eagles member, but you have been an absolute credit to your club." And that organisation, you deserve all the accolades, all the success that you've had. It's a shame you haven't had the ultimate success. Mm. And I hope that you go out a winner in your final game. Yep. And I thought that... Which you did. Yeah, I thought that for my dad to actually do that was uh, was a, a big a big yeah. gesture. But I think that it sums up that Everything. guy for you. He, yeah. He's... Yeah... So, yeah, I think we'll close on that note. Well played, Pav. We salute you. Later, skaters. Later, hoes and 